1: This is on the mark. This is the video podcast. My name is Mark Carman. This is Jake Valerius and we have a sh- Valentine's Day show for you. Happy Valentine's Day, buddy.
2: Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day. It's a
1: sincere pleasure to be with you. Our, our second episode here. And as always, we start out with Morons Argue. That's you, me. Yes, and, and me as well. We've got a, we got a lot to cover here, team. We're going to start out with the NFL. And what is the NFL going to do in the off season with the National Anthem? Of course, it was the story all season long, right? The anthem every single week, Who sad, who didn't, all of it. So we've got three options for you, team. What does the NFL do? Do they, A, say, hey, teams, stay in the locker room. Let's not uh, be in the mix anymore. You can all be in the locker room. We'll all play the anthem. That's how it used to be back in 2008. We're going to keep you on the locker room. We're going to have the anthem, and we're going to remove ourselves from the discussion. Or, B, do you will continue to allow social and political statements on the field. Guys want to take a knee, guys want to sit, you're going to give the athletes the freedom of expression during the anthem. Or, there is C, mandatory to stand. You will be fined, you will be suspended, they're all going to be on the field. Every single NFL player will be out there, it is required, and they will be required to stand, or else there will be significant consequences. Jake, you get to start. What are you going with? A, B, or C, or some combination? I would like that to go
2: with option B, continue to allow players to kneel and express their freedom of expression, which is our right as citizens of this country. I don't really think that's a particularly complicated thing. Of course, you know, allowing players to express that freedom of expression has caused a lot of problems for the league this year. So, I mean, no doubt. That's going to lead to more problems, and this is the NFL we're talking about, and I don't really trust them to be able to take the high road about literally anything. So, I'm expecting either A or C.
1: You're expecting A or C, yeah. but you want B. I want B, I think. But what would, okay, but hold on. Before I give my opinion, or if you're Roger Goodell, what would you do? You've got, you've got people with varying different you know, opinions all over the place. There's money interest, you're the commissioner, you get to decide. Are you doing B? maybe
2: not okay. but but here here's the thing though i think you know a lot of people are maybe suggesting that either a or b is a sort of a cop out and they're not really responding to the critics that they, criticism they receive certainly from the right side of the political spectrum where you know people are getting angry that they're you know theoretically or you know they're calling them unpatriotic or whatever else it is and you know, we also need to bear in mind that the owners, when Donald Trump said guys should be fired for protesting or people should be banned, the owners joined in with that protest. That was when we, we right. sort of saw them Even the something gri- something flipped after he said that, and when it became an issue of, hey, I'd prefer it if you stand, it was all fine. But as soon as he said you might get fired for this, then everybody freaked out. We saw everybody was kneeling then. So. I think you know the NFL are also at risk of maybe making themselves seem like hypocrites, not that they don't already seem like hypocrites in a lot of ways, but that is another thing to consider here.
1: So I'm going to be the businessman here, all right? You've got – people on both sides of the argument are not watching the game. You have people that are really upset that Colin Kaepernick's not in the league. They didn't watch the NFL all season. You have the other side who, who are saying that, hey, I'm not going to watch football. Screw these guys. They're all, uh, you know, whatever words they want to choose that are not friendly. I'm not going to watch because you got those dudes out there. So you've, you're getting it on both sides. If, if I'm Roger, I am, I'm saying, look, We are going to not put our players in this position. We're not going to put our owners in this position. We are going to continue to have the national anthem like we have in the past, and we're not going to turn this into anything other than the players are in the locker room focusing on the game. Period. I think that's really the only way out for the NFL. Otherwise, the narrative is going to get really. They forced them all to stand, and then you got one side who's real happy, and then maybe another side who's not going to watch the game, or you go the other way and can let them have expression, and then you got and then you have the continuing narrative. So I just would take get all out of there. If I'm Goodell, I'd get all the owners together, I'd get the players together, I would create platforms off the field where they can express themselves. However, you know, whatever causes they want to be involved in. If I was the N.F.I., I would donate to those causes, but I wouldn't continue to have the national anthem be be a thing. Get get just just, just they're, they're, the players are in the locker room, the owners are on board with it. That's what we're doing moving forward. I
2: I mean, I think that makes sense. I I understand the logic behind that viewpoint. My concern is you say that it's going to be, both sides are going to be annoyed equally, because it's kind of this cop out solution. Which is in some way good for the NFL, because they don't want to be seen to be taking sides. So if they do something that angers everybody, it sort of balances the scales. Problem with that is, if Kaepernick keeps getting blackballed, if he still doesn't have a team, the one side of the argument, the pro Kaepernick, pro freedom of expression side of the argument, are going to say, "Hey, you may be pretending you're, you've sort of just removed the politics from this, but you can't do that as long as Kaepernick doesn't have a job."
1: Uh, that's and that's very fair. And the other side, it's like, I don't want to even make side, each side is like equal. I, I don't, I don't think that like one. Oh, they're like, well, they're both fifty percent right. I don't personally believe that, but uh, but from an but, but from a sheer business standpoint, if it's me and I'm trying to create as much dollars as possible, we all know how greedy these guys are, and. They They don't. None of them need the money, right? Well, none of them need the money, but there's a reason they
2: still own NFL teams because they make them a ridiculous amount of money. Right.
1: And another thing
2: to consider here, too, is that it's possible, you know, it's really hard to judge how many people have stopped watching for what reasons. You know, there are other reasons why the NFL has become less popular recently, including just fewer exciting games, which is no doubt impacting this stuff as well. But another thing to consider here is. There are people who probably weren't paying much attention to the NFL who have started paying attention even if it's not watching games if it's just you know going to their website watching guys do whatever just wanting to keep up to date with this news. There are people who have come to the NFL because of this controversy. And so I don't want to necessarily say people are angry but I don't want to say that that necessarily equates to fewer people watching the league.
1: Well, it has been an interesting vehicle for discussion. I would agree with you there. And you know, to rewind to your point about Kaepernick, who's on the screen right now. Look, the guy is without question the top 25th to 33rd best quarterback in the world, which puts you on an NFL team. Yeah, he's, might, he's maybe he's a starter for some. He's a backup for others. He should be on an NFL team. I completely agree. Uh, but. Uh, each individual team has made the same exact choice you are a decent quarterback, but you're not elite, so you're not worth the trouble. I don't believe in the whole collusion and all that type of stuff. They're all trying to beat each other. They're not smart enough to all get in a room and say, let's all do this together. They're, all of them are trying to knock each other out, so. I, I, I mean, I, I agree with that, but if the point is that
2: the you know the discussion's going to go away, I think as long as Kaepernick doesn't have a job, it's not going anywhere, right, regardless it, of what they do with the anthem.
1: Fair enough, all right, let's move on. Topic two, morons argue here. Here's the question, can anybody be the general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers and be successful? And are the Cavs back to being the favorite? And what's going on with LeBron James, who looks all of a sudden super rejuvenated LeBron, ready to go as they beat Oklahoma City last night 2-0 with Rodney Hood and Larry Nance Jr. And I mean, Jordan Clarkson looks like he's going to turn into an All-Star now. So this is, uh, this and George Hill, this is a whole new Cavs, baby, beating the Thunder last night, beating the Celtics, those are two quality wins.
2: Yeah, first, I mean, there's nothing really new here. This is sort of it, the ex- most extreme version of this we've seen, but the basic underlying point is something we've known for a long, long time, which is that LeBron's if, a baby. If, if LeBron is trying, his team is going to win, especially when he's in the Eastern Conference.
1: So can we all just can we call can we please call this out as for what it is? LeBron James did not like the roster around him. Best player in basketball top five player of all time wherever you want to put him but he didn't like the roster around him which has happened in the past and he basically stopped playing basketball. Kobe Altman who deserves a decent amount of credit right? I don't want to go over the top because I don't think it takes a rocket science to figure out young guys who can shoot who can spread the floor to, and somebody who can go to the rim and get rebounds that's, that doesn't take a genius to figure that out but I'll give Kobe Altman his credit for making the right making reshaping the roster. But LeBron legit just stopped playing basketball. Well so I don't disagree. I mean, he's
2: he's been ab- absolutely coasting. He's not interested, so on and so forth. But also, it's worth pointing out that LeBron not trying at basketball is still better than like all but five players in the NBA. You know, he, he was averaging what twenty-two points he, a game, no, no, nine no, no. rebounds, I, seven know, he, assists, or something since Christmas when he was going full on cruise mode. His,
1: his January was at twenty-two points a game. He was averaging. Yeah, how many players would? Yeah, killed an
2: average 22 points a okay, game. Oh,
1: I'm not saying he was good, but, you know, it's all relative. He wasn't top five in January.
2: He, had, he was. I a- didn't say top five. I said all but maybe five or so players. Uh, so, first of all, listen. Uh, now this, second uh, of this all. This is where
1: we get into more. I'm sorry. <laughs> all but maybe so or so five players. So, what is he, top seven? What are we talking?
2: Le- Cruising LeBron. I'm putting him top ten. LeBron, okay, no, LeBron, at, 10. LeBron at 50% is a is a top ten player. He
1: was he, okay in January. If you look at his stats, he scored 22 a game. He had about seven turnovers a game. He was shooting low 40s. His his three point percentage was in the 20s. He was generally awful. He had literally stopped trying. And yeah. the Cavs were losing night in and night out yeah. to just disgusting teams allowing like Orlando <laughs> to come back from like 20 down and win by 20. Yeah,
2: that's not a good look.
1: I mean, how you know the, the so-called goat, how do you how do you how does that just fly that oh, yeah, I don't like my roster. I'm going trying. Well, to stop I mean, we're,
2: we're like in an NBA now where not trying is or at least not giving 100% effort is just an accepted part of the league. The Warriors are doing it. They're it's, like it's, sort it's, of cruising at times. And you say it's a different thing, but why is it a different thing? If B- LeBron is sure that he's still good enough, regardless of how, how many games they drop, that they're going to make the playoffs, and he's confident they can get through the playoffs without he, home field you know, advantage, why does oh, it matter? Like, he, but, we're living in a league now that has accepted that you can take breaks in the regular season as long as you bring it in the playoffs, oh, and he's still going okay, to okay. bring it in the playoffs.
1: All right, that, okay, he was not under the thing. It wasn't like, you know what? we won 73 games, we've got three championships in the last three years, I can just cruise to the playoffs, we'll be fine. He was of the mindset, this team sucks, I'm going somewhere else next year, it's your problem, not mine, and I'm going to stop playing, because you gave me this bunk roster of Isaiah Thomas, Derrick Rose, and I don't and, think and you can old De- say that, though, like, do you
2: know that? I mean, LeBron, no doubt LeBron stopped trying, of course he did, but... Why, like, why are you framing it in terms of he gave up on his team? Like, He knew the trade deadline was coming, as did Kobe Altman, as did so everybody you- in that organization. They made moves to say, okay, we've got maximum, or we have a minimum of what, five months left LeBron. We're going to re-up this roster, we're going to get guys in we need to help him. And so you, you then see, then they're going to take it from there. The other part of this is that home. you seem to be ignoring is even if LeBron leaves, this team is now better than they were no, if they, he had left before. They, like they have set themselves up in a better position long term if LeBron leaves with that trade deadline. They have younger players. They have better players. They have more versatile players. This would have helped them regardless of whether LeBron stays or I, not. I agree with you. So him. this I, idea that like we're just going to say – you're, oh, he gave up without any idea that he was going to. Like you think he would have if they didn't. You think if they didn't make these trades, that they would have missed out on the playoffs. They would have lost no, in the playoffs.
1: I, I, yes, I think they. I don't think they would have made it out of the Eastern. Okay, Conference. and
2: you think it's a bad thing that I, they're making trades that are now going to allow them to go back so to the finals okay, for the fourth year in a row is a
1: bad thing. Okay, hold on. Just give, can you can you can you take a breath? I don't know. You're 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 You're, talk, you're saying right now, if I'm hearing you right, that. LeBron purposely tanked January to put pressure on Colby Altman so he would rework the roster so he would have enough to perhaps make a run at Golden State, which is still going to be a very, very tall tree to climb. Yeah. You're saying that he did it on purpose. Is that right? We, I mean, yeah, not trying is a deliberate well, choice. Okay. You choose not to try. And it, you just said it, he wasn't trying. If you, if he actually did that, that he legitimately tanked the team so he could rework I the I mean, roster.
2: I think there's a level of communication between him and the, the front office. This is LeBron James we're talking about. It's not like, you know, I, okay, Isaiah Thomas okay. is making this all right, happen. All right.
1: it, it, it was a, It was a childish... I,
2: I don't doubt it was childish, okay. but also they're going to go to the finals. Well, so they, they look, what's they, wrong with childish they, if it takes you to
1: the finals? Okay, all right. Uh, he, hey, it, it all worked out for him. It's just it's just glorious. And I I and mean, it didn't he work still, out by accident. It worked out because he's the best player in the NBA, and he can do this. It worked out because Kobe Altman pulled off a a a, 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 a incredibly. Miraculous job at the at the at the very last second, which I will give him credit for that because he was down to one day. Let me make this all happen, and, yeah, and things they, fell through. Because he their definitely lap.
2: had not considered the trade deadline before the trade deadline. Came. All right, let's move
1: on. Okay. Bismarck, Biombo and Bill Russell. Now, why would <laughs> now why would that be a topic? Why would that be? You tell me. Because you're how old are you? Uh, old enough. No, okay. You're 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 in your you're in your 20s, and so this is the argument that we have off the camera, which is uh, somehow that Bill Russell, if he was dropped into today's NBA, would be Bismack Biombo. So I went out, Jake Valerius, because it was Bill Russell's 84th birthday on Monday. Happy birthday! And Bismack Biombo so it happened to be in town. So because of your trolling of. Arguably the maybe third greatest center of all time.
2: Misrepresented here, but continue.
1: The, that's fine. I'm gonna, the the eleven championships in thirteen years. The greatest player of all time. Yep. Winner. I winner. I mean, he's <laughs> he's got eleven. You got to give him credit here. He was also at the front at the top of the food chain. It's not Robert Ory winning seven, making key jump shots. I mean, this was Bill Russell. I'm not saying he's better than Mike for the record, but let's just let's give him his credit. I went out and I asked Bismack Biyombo, "How would you do?" against Bill Russell so this was Bismarck Biambo
2: how do I think I'll do I think I'll be fine
0: because my soul is is from back then and my body my <laughs> physique is from this generation my mindset is you know back with those guys I love watching I love watch them play the
1: physicality the competition uh, and I love playing like that so back then I think I'll do just fine. But, so you wouldn't say you would dominate him because you're just that much better I would not
0: say that because he's one of the greatest.
1: And
2: then you might want to be careful what you're saying because <laughs> <laughs> when it comes down to execute, you're going to have to back it up. So I'm never afraid of backing out my own talk, but I'd rather go to the action and then have a talk after. But I think I'll do just
1: so there you go, Bismack Biambo claims that he you know he's got the old soul and he would do all right. But uh, so bottom line, Bill Russell.
2: So just to be clear, <laughs> my point is not to criticize Bill Russell, who is Beyond doubt, an all time great, one of the greatest leaders and people and players. Anything, you know, every superlative you can throw at him is well deserved. Uh, If you don't know much about Bill Russell, you should read about him, you should listen to what he has to say. He's a great dude. But But the fact of the matter is, the level of athleticism and intensity from the 60s until now, today's NBA, the Gulf. Is massive.
1: Frank, it is huge. Frank Vogel, head coach of the Orlando Magic, asked him to. He thinks that Bill Russell, because of this position that he played and the way he played the game, he would dominate today. Yeah, I just Vogel. Yeah, I know. I know he's an
2: NBA coach, and you say, "I, you know, I'm not an NBA coach. You're Why not. do I know?" And whatever. If you're an NBA coach, you can't criticize Bill Russell. Why that not? is a hot, because Bill Russell is like the greatest dude in basketball. Everybody loves Bill, and with good reason. Like there, he's just there, a wonderful, wonderful man. You can't criticize Bill Russell there, if you are an NBA coach, especially an NBA coach for a team like the Magic. There, you there, can't
1: do it. There are ways in which you could make your point. I was looking up their stats earlier today. Yeah. Bill
2: Russell six, are there? their stats, their dimensions. They're both six. Bill Russell six ten. Bismack six nine. Bismack wingspan eight feet. Bill Russell wingspan, 7 feet, Bismack 255, Bill Russell 225. You're telling me if Bismack wasn't playing in the 60s, he wouldn't get 20 boards a game and five blocks? He wouldn't win. It would be
1: easy. If you switched out Russell for Bismack. I'm
2: not talking about leadership or any of these intangibles. I'm talking about physicality, what sort of caliber level player we're talking about, and the fact of the matter is, Bill Russell, you take a guy from the '60s with that training, that intensity, that environment, where guys, you know, there was no professionalism, there was eight teams in the NBA. It mm. was, you know, there was plenty of professionalism. I no, I don't mean being right. paid. It was not the same degree of intensity and focus of training. We didn't have the same technology. So many things have changed, just beyond comparison.
1: I would love to do a Bill Russell, just walk in this door right now and whip your ass like 84-year-old Bill Russell. <laughs> If you dropped Russell in today, drop- he, he'd be phenomenal. If you drop Michael Jordan in in 20 years, he'd be the best player in the game. If you drop LeBron James in in 50 years, he'd be LeBron James. You, there's certain guys that transcend eras. Now there's others. Like, yeah,
2: I don't think Bill. R-
1: I think Wilt may be one of them. Seven two, two seventy five, not Bill. Oh, okay. I mean, I now Bill Russell really may come to the door because he, I mean, you you line those two up against each other. I mean, Russell did did quite fine. All right, let's move on. Our Russell Biombo. <laughs> Fantastic topic. All right. Who is the worst all-star uh, on the rosters here between Team Steph and Team LeBron? And, and, and who uh, has the better squad here, Jake? I, I'm, I'm assuming that you're going with LeBron because you're, uh, you're that way. But give me your worst all-star. Um... For among the starters, I'm going with Demar Derozan. Do you want me to? you want? Well, would you like me to read them? LeBron James has Durant, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving. You did have Demarcus Cousins, but he is uh, obviously now out for the year. Lamarcus Aldridge, and then you get to the bench of uh, Bradley Beal, Goran Dragic, uh, Andre Drummond, Paul George, Victor Oladipo, Kemba Walker, Russell Westbrook, and you got Love, Porzingis, and John Wall all injured and off of Team LeBron because yeah. LeBron just ruins everything.
2: Lamarcus, I don't love. Demar Rosen, I don't love. They're great players, by the way. I'm talking about as all stars. You know, guys who are going to light up a game, be super entertaining to watch. Um, you know, well, I, I really want LaMarcus to be just like efficiently Boring. shooting mid-range shots. Andre Drummond, eh. These guys just don't move the needle for me.
1: My most boring guy in in the in the game is Kyle Lowry of the Toronto Raptors. Kyle Kyle Lowry hasn't had a dunk since he had one dunk between 2009 and 2015. Yeah. I and feel
2: they're a one seed in the East now. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean,
1: he, I, I honestly think that I have a better vertical than Kyle Lowry. Like watching is, him on, on an All Star game, it, 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 it does it, nothing for me. Amazingly him. false. Yeah.
2: What's your vertical? Like four or five inches? I
1: I, I can I can touch. Kyle the, Lowry would
2: dunk on you as easily as Bismack Biombo would dunk on every. Rude. Player. In nineteen
1: sixties. Rude, not true. I, <laughs> Kyle Lowry would he'd uh, just walk by me and lay it in. A team, times. We
2: can agree though that Team LeBron is better though, right? We're not going to agree on that. If you made, if you just asked me, pick the best five, you know, best five man team in the NBA. Yeah, I think LeBron's team, those starters would have four of the five. Okay, you're saying that Durant, LeBron, KD, Anthony Davis, and. Paul George as the replacement for Boogie Cousins. Kawhi would be ahead of Paul George,
1: but he's injured. That's right. So this is an All-Star game. I'm going to spread the floor. I got Steph on the perimeter, can't guard him. I got James Harden on the perimeter, can't guard him. I got Giannis Antetokounmpo creating shots for every single person on the planet. I've got. I uh, give me. Uh, you're g- you're give me, missing. You're missing Demar Derozan. <laughs> I, I'm bonging him off my starting lineup. Give, give me. Give me Draymond in the middle, uh, also hitting threes, setting screens, getting rebounds, and I'll take my yeah. chances.
2: On on defense, you're really back in step. And James Harden against LeBron, KD, Anthony Davis, Paul George, who can all play every position on the floor. All star game. All star game. Rush them.
1: All star game. Bang for three. Bang for three. Bang for three. No. All right. Team stuffed by 10. By ten, Team Steph by 10. I will take Team Steph. LeBron's gonna—he's gonna, in the middle of the game. He's gonna realize these guys aren't playing that hard. He's gonna stop trying. That's oh. what's gonna happen. Nobody tries in the All Star well, it, Game. It, it's it, the beginning. It, he's better at not he, trying
2: he, than he, anybody in the NBA because he, he practices every night. He—he
1: he won't. He will. Something will go wrong. Somebody will look at him the wrong way. He'll get upset he'll while. He'll—he'll start pouting. I really think it's pathetic how obsessed you are with LeBron James. I, I, what's pathetic about? It? He's one of the great players in the history of the world. And just hate him. We I can't do not. I do, stand. That's it. not true. I do not hate LeBron, but. I I, I like to. I do like to point out his occasional faults that Michael Jordan did not have. That, that's, part my, that's part of my mantra. Let's do love or hate, our, our last segment here before we get to that ain't right, which is uh, how we wrap up the show. Love or hate? And we're starting with my guy, Derek Rose, who is a- Hate, hate. hard pass. He is a free agent. Your Minnesota Timberwolves have, have some interest there, because Tom Thibodeau coached Tom them. Tom
2: Thibodeau needs to be chained to a fence. And not allowed to make any moves for as long as Derrick Rose is available
1: to basketball teams. Can I ask you a question, who's the youngest MVP in the history of the NBA?
2: No, I refuse to answer Who's, that question. Uh, it's Derrick
1: Rose, eight, seven years ago. Uh, right, and, and and who rose... And who did he rob for that MVP title?
2: Who, LeBron James. Who
1: rose from the streets of the inner city streets I'm of not, Chicago? I don't
2: doubt that Derrick Rose was once a good NBA player. No, We're no, talking no. about 2018. Is he valuable to teams now? Especially, is he valuable to the Timberwolves now? No, he can't shoot, he can't defend. His scoring's like, who even knows what's going on there? He's awful. Let He's me,
1: got nothing to offer. Let me ask you something. Did the Minnesota Timberwolves just blow a 17-point lead and lose to the Chicago Bulls, who are not anywhere close to making the playoffs?
2: Yeah, the difference maker is definitely going to be Derrick Rose there. You can't,
1: that, that's the difference. You can't tell me they don't need a little help up there in Minnesota.
2: They, yeah, they need help. They need three-point shooting. They need some help on D, help. neither of which Rose brings. So, Do you understand that players need to fit in the context of a team,
1: and you can't just throw random good uh, players around and make it work? Let me, let me ask you something. When you look at the end of the Minnesota Timberwolves roster, can Derrick Rose not be the ninth guy on that team? And if, and if by the I way, hope uh, I, I, really I hope he if, isn't. I really hope he isn't. If an injury happens to to uh, Jeff Teague or Tyus Jones, wouldn't Derrick Rose be a, a solid guy to put in there? Or on an off night, maybe he can get so to the. So you're telling
2: rim? me that the Timberwolves should go out of their way
1: not pay, out of way to
2: pay money to bring Derrick Rose on 3rd team to be a backup to the backup point guard? I, I'm saying that. That's you, what you're telling me. I, I, no, hard pass. Derek Every day of the week the, and twice the, on Sundays, the, the, I do not want Derrick Rose to play for the right, Minnesota Timberwolves. Right, I'm
1: going to take the Timberwolves out of it for a second here, so <laughs> I can get my thoughts out. Derrick Rose belongs on an NBA team. He should not be. Does this he though? This like is, what yes, does he he's, offer? Have you have he's you watched? Did you watch any videos of him this year? Boom, 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 boom. boom Jumper up and good to the rim. Lay up, good. The, he's still great ha- analysis. So well,
2: insightful I, and specific. I
1: go to, boom, boom, boom. Missed shot. Right. Boom, 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 brick three. Boom, boom, boom. I'm terrible at basketball. At, at the Carm on Twitter, I, tr- I I I retweeted a video of when he had one of his best games of the year. The guy looks phenomenal. He Belongs you're in the NBA. You're living in the past, man. In the, in the past, it was it
2: was a month ago. No, From, you're living in 2011. No, he's he still he still, on he still
1: belongs on a roster. He'll be on a roster too. That's fine. I, I love Derek because I'm a good person. You, uh, want to hate on him because there's some I don't I don't even, I don't even understand it. All right, let's go Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr allowed his coach coach, allowed his players, rather, to coach the team in a blowout win over the Phoenix Suns. And some people are saying that Kerr is disrespecting the Suns, or these disrespecting coaches. Love or hate the move by Steve Kerr?
2: I love it. First of all, you should be allowed to disrespect the Suns because they are terrible, and they disrespect themselves on a nightly basis, so come on. If you don't want to be disrespectful like that, be better at basketball.
1: So would he have done it on the same night? Let's say they were playing the LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers. So let's say I, don't, I do not think he would have done that. Because huh? so, so it it's too big of a risk angering LeBron like that. So we flat out, he did disrespect Phoenix. Oh, these guys yeah. suck, so we'll do it tonight. How much did they win by? They won by 46.
2: Yeah. Bad, bad choice by him. Terrible leadership.
1: Oh, I. Hey, <laughs> listen. I'm. We're we're in agreement on this one. Yeah. I think, I think Steve Kerr's the best. Steve Kerr's been there forever, or at least uh, forever in NBA terms. And hey. You all want to coach yourselves here? Let's have, get a new voice. Why don't you give it a spin there, Draymond? Why don't you actually learn how to uh, perhaps connect and can keep some composure going on? Plus, you know this has been a thing for the Warriors all season long. Most ejections in the league, Kevin Durant just probably just got kicked out right now. So I think switching up what they're doing was brilliant on Kerr's, Steve Kerr's part. And I'd actually like to see it happen more in the NBA. Mid-game, let's have a little. Hey, y'all! Y'all coach yourself right now. Phil Jackson, back in the day, would do sort of the same thing. Where his team would be in trouble, be it the Bulls or whoever he was coaching, he he would not call time up. Y'all sit out there and figure it out, and and they they would learn to fend for themselves. Other coaches are so. You know they—they they need to be validated every single moment that what they're saying is important. That they got to call a timeout. They got to walk on the court. They got to be demotivated. I like a coach who sits there, watches the game, and then when it's time to make a point, makes a point. You make a point, you make it stick. Steve Kerr, I'm all in. All That's right. Well Winter Olympics. You've been watching? Yes, Lo- I have. So you love the Winter Olympics? I do. Yes.
2: I—I I will say this though, when it like in the build-up, I was like, eh, i take it or leave it. But start since I've been watching. Love it. How many times can you watch
1: the luge before you want to kill yourself?
2: Uh, a lot. I, I don't know how many luge
1: events do mean, they have. I, I watch one person go down the luge. So I'm like, okay, I'm good for another. It's board. wild, man. I'm, they I'm,
2: could like die at any moment. Okay, it's
1: right, it's man. high stakes. Yeah, not really like interested in seeing someone die and like it's <laughs> like, and, and somebody laying flat on a board going down a shoot. I I see it once. I'm good for four years. Like.
2: Yeah, that's that S- stuff's wild. Wow. They got the clock going, so like you know when they get in which point of the track, who's like a thousand of a tenth second that, better than the
1: other guy. That, that's the other thing. Like I, I don't feel any allegiance to like what's going on. there. like, I, I suppose I should be rooting USA, 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 but like, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I want a personal connection to the loser, and it's just some dude sitting there like that. Like I want him to talk to me. I want to, I want to have a moment with the loser. I think guy. it says a lot more about your insecurities I, than the loser. No, I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Spot on. <laughs> what and then, like you know, give me, give me, like. Uh, cr- Cross-country skiing—that is
2: the most intense Ugh. thing I've ever. Have you like they collapse over the finish line well, every single who time? Who
1: cares? Like if I was watching somebody carry a car for a for a mile, then he would collapse too. It's not, I'm not. What? I'm just not interested in this because you're tired at the end. That doesn't. So like. For me incredible
2: feats of athletic competition are just not interesting to you.
1: I don't look at that as an incredible athlete. I look at it as like a unique skill that you somehow perfected. That's li- you're
2: describing what sports yeah, are yeah, literally yeah.
1: Work, like, for like, work Like somebody who spins a spoon or something. Like, I, I, like that, that doesn't make me want to watch you do it. <laughs> I, this, the speed, the lo- the speed skating so I much, do. Oh, please tell me more about like the spoon like could, spinner I don't, I don't that know, you're, I you're talking I about. I It doesn't, I, just because it's like something that's like hard to do. You're right. doesn't make it fun to watch. Like this one, I, I do like a little... A little short track figure skating they go around the it's circle. Short track speed skating. Yeah, right. But figure skating. But at least speed you're sp- paying r- attention. Right. Short track speed skating. That. I-, I can watch that for like four minutes, but then I'm done for four years. Yeah, I think I like, you know
2: just... Nobody watches any of this stuff ever. Yeah, which is why it's fun once every four years to be like, oh, I'm going to watch this dude yeah, but... slide down an ice slide on a baking right.
1: tray. Right, 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 right. right on a... Yeah, that's... Um... <laughs> It,
2: it, it I, we get it. You're miserable. That's well, I, fine. I,
1: I don't. I'm not miserable. I'm just pointing out that you know the Winter Olympics are not for me, and <laughs> that's fine. They could be for other people. I, but I, I don't. I don't. More I, for hey, the rest of us. Right, right, right. Let's uh, let's wrap up here with uh, that ain't right, and. Uh, I want to up uh, the biggest move in baseball's off season just happened. The Chicago Cubs, they're going for it again. you uh, Darvish, who once had the Cubs listed as a place that he was unwilling to be traded to, you Darvish has uh, now decided that hey, uh, yeah, I will go to Chicago and he's baseball's biggest off season signing so far 6 years, 126 million dollars. So most likely, he's uh, going to be the longest most expensive contract of the off season unless say super agent Scott Boris gets a team to overpay for Jake Arietta Which brings me to the Cubs and Arietta The single best move that Cubs president Theo Epstein made leading the Cubs to the World Series and beyond. He traded journeyman pitcher Scott Feldman, backup catcher Steve Clevenger to Baltimore for Arietta and reliever Pedro Stroop. Now that deal would have been a winner just for stroke. But Arietta goes on, he wins a Cy Young, threw two no hitters, won two World Series games, including game six against the Indians when the Cubs were facing elimination. The guy was nailed when it mattered most. Uh, the one comes victory in the NLCS this past year came from Jake Arietta beating the Los Angeles Dodgers. And now the Cubs are betting on Hugh Darvish that he has a brighter future, despite a mound of evidence that could prove otherwise. Right there, the same age, Darvish has Thrown more innings. If you include the minors in Japan, Darvish has made 111 more starts. That's a ton. And he also has Tommy John surgery. Now, the Cubs are saying that that's maybe good that he had it because he won't need it in the future. But that is a lot of tread on those tires. And there's no comparison, none, in the playoffs. Ariadne is 5-3 and three with an ERA just over 3. And Darvish is 2-4 with an ERA just below 6. And many in the game, for the record, question Darvish between the ears, the game's biggest moments. No one... Questions Jake Arietta. And then there's that loyalty thing, right, in sports, which doesn't necessarily exist, but it should. When you make a decision like this, you stand two pitchers up side-by-side. They're pretty equal. One's pitched for you. He's come through in ways you never expected. The other, he had you on a list of teams he was unwilling to go to, but now changing his mind based largely on the money you're willing to pay him. Arietta deserved to stay a Cub, go through negotiations. Theo and company, they could have continued to play poker with Scott Boris, the agent, and make the best offer in the end instead Arrieta Codent pitching for rising Milwaukee or always competitive St. Louis. And that is something that Theo Epstein Cubs fans do not want to see. Thanks for watching On The Mark. Appreciate it. Great job by Jake Valerius, my guy. We are with you every Wednesday at noon. We'll see you next time.